Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. And a throw. Slam. This bug's for you, Mizzou. They are carving up this LSU defense. They don't get no better than that, man. Throws the deep ball and it's wide open. Inside the 30, Lovett makes a move. They'll stretch the field to the wide side. Here's Burden, the elusive freshman. Stays on his feet. He will take it to the end zone. What a drive for Missouri. This is the Mazad Cast. Howdy, Tiger fans. Welcome to the Mazadcast. College football is here. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is my longtime brother, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dum? Well, what's up today is that Missouri officially got underway against the South Dakota, to be determined. What are they? I don't know. Bear, cats, or something? Who knows? But uh, they came away the victory. 30. <laughs> Let's just, say, let's just say let's just say research on our part. Let's just say they're bear cats. Who knows? It's just South Dakota. Mizzou <laughs> wins thirty-five to ten. Uh, it doesn't matter. It is the cupcake week, and uh, we said early on, Colin, that we wanted them to at least put a fifty burger up. Missouri did not do that. They didn't actually cover the spread, but it was a convincing win. What are your initial thoughts well, on this whole thing? I would feel uh, less good about all of it if, you know, I mean, I, th- I said 50 burger, but when you, they don't really have the ball the entire third quarter, that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, a lot of a lot of subs getting in. You know, my 50 burger to 70 burger that I wanted to see was sort of contingent on like the starters going the whole game. And this was obviously after this, the halftime turned into sort of a let's get everybody some minutes and the offense went you know, fully, you know, Schottenheimer, run, 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 pass, run, 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 pass, run, run, run. You know, it's just pretty hard to watch the second half, really. I That is true, Colin, but I will say, I mean, you had to talk yourself off a 70-burger before you went down to 50-burger last week. And um, I just want to run down, you know, a lot of the teams in the SEC played similar level caliber teams to South Dakota possibly Bearcats like we like we did for instance we'll skip Florida um, because they played a ranked opponent we'll skip Vanderbilt because they're Vanderbilt you know you look at Georgia they play UT Martin they won 48 to 7 Alabama played Middle Tennessee they won 56 to 7 
Tennessee put up 49 points. Uh, skip South Carolina because they played a ranked opponent. Ole Miss put 73 points up. AM 52, Kentucky 44, Arkansas 56, Auburn 59. You get the drift. Of all yeah. the teams that played cupcakes, we did score the least amount of points. Well, and I know it's taboo to be down on things already. And, yep. you know, we were definitely taking our licks on Twitter, just sort of not trying to be down, but just like pointing out yeah. uh, sort of the the inadequacies uh, that you see out there. And, you know, at this point in the season, you're not allowed to, to point anything out that's, you know, bad, basically. But, you know, our entire offense in the first half, everybody was giving Brady Cook a lot of credit. And Brady Cook did have a good game. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we you were just throwing th- bubble screens and, yeah. you know, wide receiver screens and, you know, we're a little five-yard out. I mean, really, you know, a couple of pitches to uh, wide receivers, you know, like on jet sweeps, only they went in front of the quarterback. So when the pitch counts as a fucking completed pass. Yeah. That's um, com- so, I mean, it wasn't the, – the stats don't belie, you know, like – it does on the stat line. Cook looks like he had a great game. It was a good game, but it was far from great. He did have that skinny post up the middle for the touchdown, yep. which was a legit pass, and it looked, it looked good. good doing it. Yeah, when that happened, I said, "Okay, this is where you give Brady Carrot, Brady Toughheart his due." That was a fine pass. That yeah. was, looked good. That was a tough heart of a throw. <laughs> it sure was. Uh, but the thing is, Colin, like we said last week, you expect him to look good against the South Carolina possible mm-hmm. Bearcats because. That's who they are, right? Like when perhaps Bearcats. When when we play SEC opponents, it's going to get tougher. So you damn well better look good against possible Bearcats, and he did. But I was I sat there and I watched the game a second time because those are the types of people we are. Because you're a lunatic. Yeah, because I'm a lunatic, and I started ticking off all the passes that he threw that were caught beyond the line of scrimmage versus passes that were caught in the backfield, and just. Barely more than half of the passes were actually what you'd call forward passes that actually went beyond the line of scrimmage. I don't know. I belly ached a little bit about this on Twitter. And like you said, people are like, good God, you guys are, do you like Mizzou? You're bitching on the first game of the season. But for me, they're like, well, they didn't want to open up the playbook. But you know how I feel about Eli Drinkwitz at this, this point. This is the playbook. I mean, this has well, been the playbook. Colin, we've been waiting for yeah, him to open up. screens. We've been waiting for him to open up the playbook for four fucking years. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I get mm-hmm. it. We're playing South Dakota this week. But we never opened up the playbook. I mean, I watched a lot of football this weekend. And every time a team would throw a 30-yard forward pass, you know, on a go route or a crossing pattern, I got so jealous because I'm like, I don't even remember what that looks like on Furrow Field. Like, we never – play vertically ever and yeah. and then you know what that tells me too is that Eli Drinkwitz hired a new offensive coordinator for this year and it seemed very clear to me that he was just a puppet Kirby Moore and you look at Kirby Moore's resume well, and it's pretty soft pretty I think he I think he was told by Desiree Reed Francois ha, 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 that he had to get an offensive coordinator and he got one in name only and then he just continued to run his playbook in the exact way he wanted to do it. And he got a guy who would be okay with that because nothing looked different from a play calling standpoint well, to me. And I, I think at some point, you know, maybe we're too hard on Brady Cook from the standpoint of maybe this is just Drinkwitz's offense. I, mean, I think I've so. sort of been chalking it up to, you know, Brady Cook does not have the downfield accuracy to basically throw beyond 10 yards. And that's why we run all these little screen passes. And that's why we all run little five-yard outs. And that's why we don't ever go down the field. Maybe it has nothing to do with Brady Cook. Maybe it's just 
Drinkwitz's offense is this. I mean, it, it, I think even, you know, even the, the most Pollyanna of fans had to be a little bit disappointed at times with the offense, especially in the second half. I mean, we'll get to it. You know, Drinkwitz said some things after the game that could be construed as not super positive about a player and weird and creepy. Yeah. The conversation obviously is always about the quarterback and let's just get down to it. You know, they, it, everybody was excited to see Sam Horn. Well, Sam Horn second half, we come out, we have um, a lot of the starters out on defense and suddenly South Dakota, possibly Bearcats are moving down the field and just gr- almost grind the third quarter to a powder. And so he doesn't really, he gets one little series there. But the play calling was not – I mean, he got five attempts yeah. in the second half. Five. Uh, that's it. Now, he – on one of those attempts, he threw an interception. I mean, yeah. to be it perfectly did. clear, Horn did not look sharp. It wasn't um, – you know, He had one really nice pass, but he did not look sharp out there. No, and and like you said, he's he only threw five passes, and he's only thrown, I think, seven passes in his entire college football career. He did throw behind his receiver a little bit on that play, and it was deflected and ended up being an interception. It wasn't a terrible throw. It was just a little behind him, and that's what kind of happens when you do that. But, he, yeah, people are like, oh, Horn – Cook looked way better. You know, Horn looked way more polished. I'm like, yeah, well, Cook has been starting at a college football level for over a year. And Horn has, this was his seventh pass ever. He's going to look unpolished. I mean, I, if we're going to continue to have this sort of trial of who's going to be the starting quarterback, I feel like I don't think Drinkwitz is going to do it from what he said, but like continue to let Horn get reps because I don't know what Horn is going to be until he is able to establish his footing. He had jelly legs. He looked a little confused yeah. out there. He the the one zip pass that he did have looked like something that I don't know Brady Cook could throw, and that's what everybody said all along. He's got that arm, mm-hmm. but yeah, Cook is the better quarterback right now. But I would like to see Sam Horn continue. Yeah, it, to get reps. It certainly wasn't an apples to apples comparison. I mean, no. the, in my uh, sort of madness of that night, I was getting very frustrated with the play call in the second half. I just thought. I was talking to Twink Caleb because we, as you did, we all bet the over on the points at mm-hmm. 44 and a half. <laughs> and so we were like, God, we've got to score some fucking points. We've got yeah. to score some fucking points. And Twink Caleb pointed out, I was like, at some point, he's like, I just wished they would have kept uh, Cook in because Drinkwitz would have continued to throw the ball because he wants to so badly to pad Cook's stats so yeah. everybody will get off his back about Cook. You know, where his like horn comes in, he's like, let's just run it the rest of the half. Why don't let's not let the kid have any opportunity to throw whatsoever. Yeah, it was a handoff. It hand felt like fence. that at times. Well, and I do want to point out that the uh, over-under was 44 and a half, and we came in total at 45. Yep. So yep. congratulations to us. Off. Yeah, well, yeah. I want to be a little bit positive because, like I said, we do take heat for being too negative. And I, don't, I just don't think it's realistic. Huh? We've been a 500 team for the last three years. We've been bad since Gary Pinkle's here. It's fair for us to have criticisms, even if it's early in the season. I mean, we beat South Dakota possible Bearcats. 35 to 10, but did you expect anything else? Like how much are you celebrating that? So, but I do want to be positive in saying that from the running game standpoint, Cody Schrader looked good. Nate Pete looked really good. Looked really good. Yeah. Both of yeah. those guys looked solid and I was very happy to see a strong looking running game, knowing that it was South Dakota we were up against, but uh, the offensive line is supposed to be an improved unit. I don't know how you felt about that, Colin, but certainly from the running game standpoint, it looked good. Well, it's hard to know anything against South Dakota, possibly Bearcats. I don't. Who knows how much 
pressure they can really bring. So, but yeah, everything looked, you know, fine. Mm. I think the word I'm looking for is fine. Um, I think the running backs both looked really good. I think that was a burden is obviously in the, just a, a phenomenal talent. You know, he makes things happen in space. When I see him run down the field, I don't see a bunch of like Barry Sanders juking or what have you that make him that like look like he's that explosive. But man, he just blows by people and people yeah. just slide off. And he's obviously just just super fast and super strong. And that's why he's a five star. And that's why oh, uh, that's why we, we got need him. money I mean, on that 45. Yeah, well, thank over. God for the cover. Um, the defense, of course, looked great. And everybody expected them to, especially against you know, South Dakota, possibly Bearcats. They didn't look deep, uh, though. They didn't look deep in the second half. No, possibly no, Bearcats really started to move. Yeah, they sure did. But I don't worry too much about no. that. You know, the you can get away with playing a backup linebacker. It's not like you can play the entire backup defense in a game yeah. at any time soon. But anyway, like I said, it was solid. And I I rewatched the game, too. I, I tell you, the one thing that I liked is I obviously tried to get that Stevenson – you get the name that that tied in involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, so pro tied in and had at least two catches that I remember. Con that Stevenson mm. runs like he's got concrete shoes on. Um, <laughs> you know, like there was one. I was like, oh, we're gonna get a first down here. It's like, no, that guy runs in slow motion. I think you mean but Stevens, but you can go ahead and call him Stevenson if you want Stevenson, for the rest of the season. Mm. Let's, let's just call him. Let's just call him Slowfoot. Okay. Mudfoot. We'll just call him Mudfoot because he looks like he's running in the mud. But okay. um, you know, if you you think you get a an athletic uh, tight end, you know that that's exciting. That maybe that's Kirby Moore's um, contribution is getting the tight ends to see some action. Yeah, uh, Tyler Mudfoot uh, did show up a little bit more than in past uh, Drinkwitz offenses mm-hmm. for sure. I'll tell you one area, Colin, where we were not fine. I was not pleased. That was special teams, um, not necessarily the Aww. return game, but. God, the thicker kicker is lost. Harrison Mevis, mm-hmm. what a turd he's be turned into be. He's turned into <laughs> the last couple of years. I mean, his kicks look bad. And not only that, but what was, I mean, every kick we had, whether it was an extra point or a field goal attempt, was very tightly contested and nearly blocked. Did you notice this? Well, being out of shape and overweight is cute when you're fucking burying 50-yard kicks, but it ceases to be cute. And just makes you look like you're fucking maybe lazy and not working hard enough uh, when you start missing uh, kicks left, right, and center. Like, I don't know. It is unsettling. And, man, God, maybe he'll find it. And he was, But he was such a weapon when he was good. Yeah, we needed him. He was a 50-yard field goal-kicking machine. And if you and uh, now, took the over when it was at 46, you probably don't like the guy too much right now. Oh, my God. I'd, I would literally want to murder him. And there was a picture I saw of him kicking – after that game on some post game wrap up, I saw, and it looked like, I mean, he looked like he was hurting to get the foot above his waistline. It was like you could almost hear him going, Ooh, when he was kicking. <laughs> I mean, he looks like the weight is hurting him. I, I mean, am I crazy to say that? Maybe the weight is not helping the guy. You're whatever. fat shaming him. <laughs> maybe I'm not trying to fat shame him. Maybe I am, but um, it seems like kicking is a job that requires a lot of, uh, elasticity of the body and um i don't know mevis is whoa woof we're gonna need better than that well he's who we've got so yeah we're just gonna ride or die with that guy um, how, how do you feel about brady Tuffart being the guy moving forward colin i mean i'm ugh. you know it's well like i said let's go down that, that road a little further in that you know brady Tuffart had a good first half 
Uh, Horn had a pretty mediocre second half, but was, again, I feel like severely limited by play calling. And, um, and inexperience. Some of the, yeah, it just, and not only that, he, um, the personnel wasn't the same. So he, he didn't get a, that, which brings me to Drinkwitz post game. Drinkwitz has obviously got, he's got, got his blood up. He's feeling a little prickly. After the game, they ask him, like, what do you think about your quarterbacks? And he's like, well, Brady had 28 points. So, and yeah, Horn had seven. Well, that's I'm, better. Yeah. One of them, you know, one of them scored a bunch of points. One of them didn't. I'm like, that is a, that oh, is a crazy oversimplification thing to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, like, you let the guy five, throw five passes. Five. Not only that, I mean, when you start patting Brady Cook on the back, it's like half of his passes didn't even go past the line of scrimmage. Yeah. You know, and, I, and, I would and, really um, like Horn to get the first half of the next game so we could really get an apples to apples comparison. Because at this point, the way Drinkwitz, it just feels like he's digging in his heels on Cook just to prove everyone wrong. At yeah. Point. At that like, point, why even play Horn at all? And also, why shit yeah. on Horn in the world of yes. transfer portals? And. Not to mention, talking about an oversimplification, the defense couldn't get off the field the entire third quarter, as you mentioned earlier, so that didn't help Horn's ability to get any numbers. The offense was not on the field for the third quarter, and then you're going to start comparing him just by points alone? Jesus Christ. Yeah, well, it just felt like Horn was put in a situation where he had to play the second half with one arm behind his back. Yeah. And then at, at, at the post-game interview, Drinkwitz refuses to acknowledge that one arm was tied behind his back. Yeah, you know, just like well, one one guy with two arms happened to play better. What do you want me to do, guys? Well, Colin and they went into the press room, yeah, and got like immediately got defensive. Like, yeah, I don't care. We don't care what you guys think. We don't care at all. Like, yeah, that's super obvious how much you don't care. Unprompted, used to attack the whole room and told me <laughs> you're going to prove it on the field, which we've been waiting for you to do for four fucking years. Drink, which nobody wants to listen to you. Fucking slapstick it up at the goddamn podium. We would like to see football games. One. The problem is, is that you're a sub 500 coach at this point. So I don't want to hear, prove it on the field. Well, you better prove it on the field, you fucking Poindexter, because I'm sick of the shtick. <laughs> I'm right there with you. You know how I feel about Eli Drinkwitz. And when I watched this game, sure, we won. And I know we're not allowed to say anything negative because it's only one game. But what we saw from this one game was the same shit we saw last year. And I'm telling you right now, oh, spoiler boy. alert, Colin, spoiler alert. Don't listen if you want to watch the rest of the football season. We're going six and seven again. Drinkwitz is fired at the end of the year and we lose a bowl game. There's our season. That's what I saw. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Brennan. I feel like, imagine, if you will, a bandwagon yeah and i'm hanging on to it by my fingertips and Drinkwitz, with his post game and his press conference is hitting my fingers with a tack hammer yeah like going let go you son of a bitch because <laughs> i'm just like nothing happened in this game that maybe jump off the bandwagon necessarily i hated the way the second half was called I hated the way you know, I don't feel like they gave Horn a fair shake, but then the damn like, hey, we won and everything looked relatively good. And then he goes in the press conference, throws shade on one of his players for no real reason, and then basically just goes full Nick Saban in the press conference. I'm like, God, you are just I see what the other fucking teams are talking about. You are an unlikable guy, Drinkwitz. Well, and it could all be forgiven with some victories, and the victories mm-hmm. just haven't materialized. So I don't have any love for the guy. I just, the other thing too, Colin, besides us just never sort of getting over the hump and having a winning season is 
This offense that he does run, whether it's because Cook is limited or because his ability to make play calling is limited, it's just fucking boring. And it reminds me of where we sat in the world of Conzo Martin. It's like Conzo ball, just fucking boring. No forward passes, nothing exciting, no explosive plays, nothing, never going for fourth down ever in any circumstance. Just the most boring, mundane, uninspired, uncreative, garbage offense that you could possibly imagine. Don't use your best recruits. Don't use your tight end. It's so frustrating to watch. And it just reminds me so much of Conzo Martin that I'm getting there. And you know, I'm off the drink with bandwagon. I'm no tack hammer needed for my fingernails. I am gone. I am rolling in the dirt, watching the cloud of dust with just <laughs> Brett Sarver hanging out on the back, waving to me as he goes by. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We should talk about some of the positives and that I, I, I still have some optimism that we can win some football games this season. And that, you know, cause Cody Schrader and uh, Nate Pete, I mean, mm-hmm. that I had some real concerns about the running back position. I still do. I mean, South Dakota, possibly Bearcats is not where you're going to find out who you mm-hmm. are, but they both looked really good running the ball, especially Nate Pete. And that gives me some optimism. It certainly takes some pressure off the quarterback, which I feel like obviously regardless of who you run out there, that cook or horn, you know, taking some pressure off those guys because either you're going to go in there with with Horn, who's inexperienced, you're going to go ahead there who in there with Cook, who is you know limited. So mm-hmm. both those guys could use some help from the running game, and they got it. And if it, if the line continues to play well, that we could become you know just a run heavy team and win some football games. I'm okay with that, especially with our defense. I mean, the mm-hmm. defense is as advertised at least in this game. And imagine if we can. A few years ago, when we were basically holding everyone in the SEC to nine points a game, you know, if if we can have that sort of defense, Cook doesn't have to be all world or Horn no. or whoever they throw out there. Just, no, he just has to be good enough to keep the running game, or you know, keep them honest to, for our running game. But I didn't see anything that made me feel like if there's any way that we could beat number sixteen Kansas State two weeks from now. That's what bothered me. Oh, I don't me. know. Like I said, I I feel like the defense, Brennan. I I just this defense could really. I mean, change a game, fumbles, sacks, interceptions. I feel like this, this defense has the ability to turn the ball over and just be stifling. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll be wrong when it comes to Kansas State, but I don't know. You know, Luther Burden can break off a couple of runs and we score a couple of touchdowns and our defense just suffocates people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that is a path to victory. I'm okay with Cook being the guy, more okay with Cook being the guy than I was prior to the game, I would say, because even though Horn didn't get the same fair shake that maybe that Brady did, Brady looked more poised, he looked more experienced, he looked like a guy who was capable of running an offense. You know, he didn't look like a Division three guy that we are forced to have out there playing. You know, he... he he did well, the job. I've got more optimistic just because, like I said, he did have a torn labor. He does have another year of, of seasoning under his belt. You know, he's, you know, bound to be better, right? And, uh, you know, he does have his legs. Uh, he can run the football, which is always nice out of your quarterback. Like I said, I'm buying on tough heart. Yeah, cook coin. Yeah, Colin, you talked about the defense, and you, you got guys like uh, Johnny Walker Jr., Josh Landry, Ennis Rakestra, I thought looked really good, all had – well, Walker had six tackles. Landry and Rakestra had five apiece. Tyron Hopper continues to look very good. You go down the entire defense, they all got their licks in and looked really good. Uh, not a lot of sacks, but that's all right. You know, they just, 
you know, the, fuck, South Dakota possible Bearcats couldn't move the ball at all when we had our first stringers in. I think they had like six rushing yards deep into the first half. Uh, the defense looked super strong. And the experience, I think, on the defense definitely showed up. Yeah, when the uh, especially like I said early on in the game when they were fresh and the starters were in, it, it it wasn't any kind of contest. There was no chance. I mean, literally, I was worrying about our over bet uh, just because I was like, oh, they're not going to score the whole game. Yeah, <laughs> I know. They're not. That's gonna, like honestly, well, we're going to have to score like, all oh, forty-five. Yeah, I was like, I hope they can get. In, I hope they can get in a fucking field goal range because they're never going to score a touchdown. I mean, like, yeah. like this offense is not going to move against against Mizzou. And until Mizzou started making some substitutions, it didn't. Yeah, no, that's right. Um, and then you know, offensively, Luther Burden looked like the guy we hoped he was. I mean, he barely got any downfield passes but he still almost had 100 yards receiving just because what he can do yards after the carry like you mentioned is just guys fall off of him that touchdown he had i mean it looked like he he should have been tackled six yards back and they just slid off of him and waltzed into the end zone he seems rather untackleable yeah well that one guy tackled him pretty hard uh, at the end of the game <laughs> yes yeah, so that dakota would question question why they uh, had luther burden returning kicks at that point in the game but Against South Dakota, uh, geez, possible Bearcats. Yeah, yeah. no, those but, are the uh, things yeah, that made me They were trying said. to kill Luther Burden. Uh, this team was definitely trying to murder him. Yeah, he had to take some Tylenol after that game. It was, cl- and he got beat up pretty bad. He popped up, so thank God. And that reminds me of something I wanted to mention. Like I, you know, people were getting pretty high on Cook there for a moment, and I was like, man, a couple of those balls almost got somebody killed. Yeah, that's right. But they were not where you want those balls to be. Like if you want somebody to survive the season, that was another another thing I wanted to mention. I was Cook. Again, had a good first half, but man, there was a couple of those balls were like, Jesus Christ, somebody's going to die. He left them up high. They were definitely murder balls. <laughs> you could murder see that. ball you. And against a better team than the possible Bearcats, they would have really hurt somebody. By the way, somebody's handed me something from the news desk real quick, Colin. We got some breaking news. The South Dakota is apparently the Coyotes, I'm reading. I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, (laughs) that's good. They seem like Bearcats to me, but apparently they're Coyotes. Anyway, moving on, we're one and zero on the season, lumps and all. We had a good enough start that there's no reason to be. I'm probably as down as the guys at the Mazodcast are. Yep. But I'm more interested in hearing what the fans say. So why don't we take our first break? Come back and we will do voicemails. This is the Mazodcast. Hey guys, Mazodcast is now on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can join our Patreon page and get extra content from the guys, outtakes from the show, and any insider news that we have, we provide it there first. It doesn't cost much and your support helps the show. Join the Mazodcast Patreon and be part of the team. Here are secrets. back and it's time as we mentioned to just open up the Mazodcast mailbag for the first time and hear what the listeners thought about this week's win here's the mail it never fails it makes me want to wag my tail when it comes I want to will mail! 
Hey, fellas. M.I.Z. Townie here. Big fan of the show. Uh, a couple things I wanted to say. Halftime up 28-3. For one, I really want to know what the fuck Nevis was smoking before the game because that PAT was – I don't even know what to say about it. It was so fucking bad. Anyway, Brady Cook looking pretty good right now. But, I mean, dude, if you want the job, start airing it out downfield. That's what the Tigers fans want to see right now. And what I've seen from him, I'm ready to see Sam Horn a little bit, see what he can throw back. Also, Kirby Moore, I mean, is he the second coming of Drinkwitz calling plays here? I don't know, fellas. Give me some insight here. And last thing, I don't know if we can really be comparing Drinkwitz's resume up to Barry Odom's. Barry Odom took in every single Gary Pinkle recruit, and they cruised him for a while. But now we got Drink in, and he's got his own guys. So let him cook a little bit. Let's see what he can do. This year, I mean, if it's bad, then I'm here to call for his head and fire him. But we'll see. Cheers, fellas. M-I-Z, let's go. He's saying, let drink cook. Yeah, that's right. No, I get it. Um, you know, you follow Barry Odom, and you got to build a program. You follow Gary Pinkle, and you get to slide off of his success. But it is year four, and regardless of who he followed up, it's his time to shine, and he's got the guys in the stable that he picked out. So let's see something. Just finished watching a half of Brady Toughheart. Almost dozed off in the middle there, but, um. Yeah, exactly. Don't let people try and convince you that the reason why we're playing boring, sleep inducing, shitty football is because we're not trying to show our hand against K-State. We're playing South Dakota. Remember when we used to drop 70 points against these shitty non-conference letter, letter schools back in the day with Drew Locke? You don't need to open up the playbook and show all sorts of funny tricks to beat us in FCS school. Hot garbage. Hot garbage. Please, Sam Horn, save us. Yep, just watching this ball game. Second half just started. I'm telling you, Sam Horn already looks better than Brady Cook. Ain't no question. Do you want a guy that looks like a D1 quarterback, or do you want a guy that looks like he should play for South Dakota? Hot garbage. <laughs> Hot garbage. He thinks Brady Cook should be a fucking wildcat. <laughs> I think it's a bear cat, maybe? Oh, or is it a coyote? The jury's still out. Hi, it's a lady. Ooh, it's a lady. <laughs> and they're playing Sam Horn. I guess it's a lady. <laughs> that is one thing Sam Horn's got going for him, it sounds like. The ladies. Well... I'd say we don't have a thicker kicker. We have a fat fuck that misses kicks. Amazing. Yeah, people are going to be down on Mevis, that's for sure. I'll tell you, what, the, uh, there was another pass uh, that should have been caught for a first down that put us in a position where Mevis had to miss that kick, and it was uh, that Theo Weiss just let a ball go right through his hands right in the middle of the field about at about the 10-yard line. I just realized that. I'm just like I'm just thinking. I'm still thinking about that bet, Brendan. I mean, we won it, but it was too close. It was very close. I know it's really not up to me, but I think it's high time we put the thicker kicker's fat ass on a diet because he is fucking trash kicking field goals for Pete's sakes. I mean, that guy fucking sucks. What a fat tub of shit. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> he does look like he's mainlining gravy. <laughs> but uh, that's okay with me as long as he's hitting kicks. Somebody was defending him saying that the laces weren't out, like Ray Finkel style. I hope they're right, honestly. You know what I mean? Like, I hope yeah. that was it. This is fucking bullshit. Like, 
you put Sam Horn back there and you don't even let him throw the ball. You just freaking hand it off and put him in third long situations. God damn, if you're if you're gonna like make him fucking lose the battle, why even put him in it? Jesus Christ, this is fucking stupid. This team sucks. <laughs> he did look set up to fail, you know, a little bit. I, I in in the heat of the moment I was feeling that. You know, I was like, Man, this is bullshit. They're fucking doing horn dirty but in retrospect it's like it makes a it makes sense to salt the game away i guess but if you if it was truly a quarterback competition wouldn't you use an opportunity against the south dakota cat bears <laughs> to you know see what you've got yeah you'd think it would be the time but there have been Instead, many- i mean like i understand like if, if this was against fucking georgia and you've got that lead yeah you're going to salt it away but against the south dakota cat bears i mean you this is that's your chance like hey what better t- opportunity to, to let horn air it out and really see if he can handle the the bright lights i know look brady looked fine but let's talk about the way they're playing sam horn i feel like when cook was in they ran a couple plays got in some short yardage like horn has been throwing on on third and seven third and ten the whole damn game like it's run twice for no yards and then try to throw it like he hasn't been given a shot to actually run the offense or anything of the sort. At least I don't believe. God, I hate Drinkwitz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's getting that way. You know, there's a couple of people I talk to on the phone regularly, one of which is Brendan and the other, uh, which is a Cowboy Cody for our Patreonos and um, uh, Twink Caleb. And Twink Caleb and Brendan's phone calls are becoming almost indecipherable. It's just me listening to them talk about how much they want Eli Drinkwitz to get caught in the gears of a combine, basically. <laughs> Those calls are between us. <laughs> I don't know how to say this, but uh, make Brady Cook's more polished quarterback. Hate to be that guy, but that looks like. Yeah, he is a more polished quarterback. He ought to be. He's been playing a lot longer and a lot more minutes, and uh, how would he not be? You know, Sam Ward got to throw the ball seven times in his entire college career to this point. He's not going to be polished for whatever else he might Listen. be. Listen, Listen, I, we we don't hate Brady Cook. He just looks like he's very limited for a Division One quarterback. That's all we're saying. Like, nothing would make us happier for than him become a fucking great quarterback and win a bunch of football games. We're not saying we dislike the guy. It's just like when you watch him throw to this point, he has not had a game, not even one game where I'm like, oh, there's that you can see like this huge potential for him. You know, he just looks like the same sort of very mediocre guy, uh, game after game, and occasionally. He runs the ball really well, and there's you can see like, hey, that was beyond, that was more than just mediocre, you know, and it that was almost exciting. Yeah. But for the most part, it's been pretty mundane, you know. Anyway, it's just like we don't dislike Brady Cook. Brady Tough Heart, we love his tough heart. He's a scrapper. Yeah. We know he's a scrappy, scrappy, tough heart scrapper. Yeah. He's a hustler. He's a great but, story, uh, but we want him to also be a winner. All right, just wrapped up the game, 35-10 Mizzou. I don't know how to feel, man. I mean, what's the score, 41-10 if the fat-ass kicker makes a few kicks? (laughs) The only time South Dakota scored is when they had short field. I don't know. Sam Horn got, what, five attempts? A little frustrating night. I'd say overall C, C C-minus game. I mean, you expect to be an FCS team by 30, 35. But, I mean, the horn, the bird, and touchdown, and brought a little tear to my eye, I guess. 
Well, I think you can give this game a solid B. I mean, we did beat a team by 25 points. Can't leave that. Even if it is, a, you know, the Cat Bears, it's a solid win. Uh, we didn't struggle. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't an A. We're going to see a lot of fucking Brady Cook this year. Fire Drinkwitz. <laughs> well, uh, thank you for the first Fire Drinkwitz of the year. I expect to hear more of that as the season progresses. Hey, boys. Just uh, just taking in the end of this game here. The game's over. I know a lot of people aren't going to be happy with that W. Everybody wanted to see a 70 to nothing blowout. But it, it was clear going into the second half. I think, obviously, Missouri, if they would have kept the pressure on, they could have scored some more points. Um, it was clear that it was not Drinkwitz's intentions to blow this team out, but um, hopefully uh, we get to uh, see a few more competitive snaps from San Horn going forward because I did not think Brady looked all that great. Just my thoughts on the game, M-I-Z-Z-O-U. Cook looks fine. 70 points to zero, you know, like it's not realistic, but the truth is is that it, – Part of the reason I don't, I'm not worried about that is because I feel like they could have scored 70 points if they kept their foot on the gas. Maybe not 70, but you know, they, they definitely could have broke the 50 barrier. Like I said, South Dakota may not have scored at all if we'd let the starting defense in. But if we would have left the starters in on both offense and defense and, and played a good game, it might have been 70 to nothing. Hey, this is the uh, weird guy, uh, Jamerson from Branson. What the fuck drink? Hook up with my daughters? Hook up. You couldn't say date? Hook up. I want I want him to hook up with my daughters when they're of age. Mm-hmm. Are you fucking shitting me? Of all the embarrassing things you've already said, this really takes a fucking cake. I mean, we've already discussed how far behind the eight ball he is, needing to win like eight games a season just to be where Barry Odom was when he was fired. It's like, dude... You're losing coach. You're a losing coach, and you want to say this embarrassing shit? Like, I don't think I'm being I, – I guess I'm being super over, overreactionary because we still won the game, but we won by 18 points against uh, FBS school, and you want to talk about, hey, bang my daughter, why don't you? <laughs> Fuck this shit. Fire drink with. I'm sick of this fucking bullshit. Got to be embarrassed to be a Missouri fan. Every fucking night we play ball game because Drinkwitz has to open his stupid fucking mouth and say some dumb shit like this. We can't just say, yeah, Brady Cook's a good kid. Uh, he's a stand-up. Uh, you know, he's a role model, whatever. No. Hook up with my daughter. That's so bad. God, the Internet is going to be aflame with this fucking comment. For the rest of time, while Eli Drinkwitz is our head coach, we're going to see that in the comments of every single post. M-I-Z. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even mentioned that really yeah that was weird it was it was uns- it was weird i just yeah. thought why don't you stop talking for a while drink i mean it's just mm. it's a you don't have to say everything that's on your mind <laughs> These are your underage daughters yeah. well that's not the weird thing is the daughter's like 12 too i mean yeah. it's like, God, drink it just made it. i mean i get it i understand what you're trying to say you're saying what an exceptional young man he is he's a good guy you know yeah. what i mean like but I don't, your daughters are too young to make that. I don't know. It's just not. Yeah. Uh, and you know, a, your kids are going to be gingers too. If that comes to fruition, you want, <laughs> do you really want that Drinkwitz? I don't, you think you've thought this through. That's the part that bothers you the most. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was fucking weird. And it is the kind of thing that like I said, exactly why people don't like Drinkwitz. 
For me, it's the uh, mediocre football, Captain 500. But uh, yeah, also the uh, weird incestuous pedophilia stuff. You know, for a coach that's so bullish on, I don't care what anybody else thinks, the media doesn't matter, then why even put the kid out there? Like, why even put Sam Horn out for the entire second half if you don't care? Because you clearly had your mind made up. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about how Sam Horn didn't get a fair shake. But the season's young, and I don't know what is going to happen with Sam Horn and Cook the rest of the way out. I assume Cook is going to get the majority of the snaps. But, you know, I think a lot of people that want to see Horn feel like they still haven't gotten to see enough to make a clear evaluation. But at this point... Well, I'd say I think it's fair to say the coaches didn't do Horn any favors that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the day after the game, boys. And you know, I see a lot of Mizzou fans just bitching to bitch. Like, Brady Cook was on pace for almost 350 yards in the air, 50 on the ground, 400 all-purpose yards, and four touchdowns. He played one half of football. If you have a problem with the offense, don't take it out on the quarterback. Take it out on the on the coach. And, I mean, we got a new coordinator, but nobody said it was going to be a completely different offense. I don't understand why people think that last night was not a good showing. If people don't like, you know, five-yard checkdowns, which I get isn't exciting football, but the team had like 300, the offense had almost 300 yards in the first half and 28 points. So I think overall it was a solid game one, and I think there's plenty of reason to be excited about the about the about the season. We're one and zero. Let's be happy that we won instead of bitching yeah, about I think not there's... winning by 50 fucking points. It's Mizzou. We're not Bama. I think it's okay to be to be uh, positive, and I think it's okay to to bag on us for being a little too negative. I but I it's not that again it's it's not that um, we hate screen passes, and I love three hundred yards of offense. I think it's pessimism that can this offense score against somebody who's not the South Dakota Bearcats. Yeah, and uh, so you know, like I said, it, it we just can't sit here and give effusive praise to everything that they do, and that's the show. Yeah, <laughs> like basically we watch we watch the the games and we go well this was good but let's talk about what was bad yeah and because what was bad is you know what we want to improve on I mean that's that's basically the meat on the bone you know what I mean like I just I I'd love to be wholly positive and it is it was good it was yeah. good but I, but to be fair Colin you know it was it, good. it, it was good. But you don't have to be Bama to beat an FBS school, you know, by or put fifty up on a FBS. But school. again, like I, like we just said earlier, like had they put their foot, kept their foot on the gas, had they kept starting defense in, I think they would have easily broken the fifty barrier. I think it's honestly conceivable that that um, they wouldn't have scored at all. If we would have kept the the first string defense in, I don't, uh, I, it was hard for me to imagine that South Dakota Cat Bear team putting any points on the board. Yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't see anything that made me excited, I guess. And when we talk about this, Nate Pete got me excited. Yeah. Defense got me excited. Okay. Burden well, got me excited. Okay. Well you you're excited. You're more on the bandwagon than I am. We yeah, know I knew I, I knew I knew Burden was good. You know what I mean? That's not that's not news to me. Um I am glad that that Nate Pete looks like he's found his stride again. And the defense, we knew the defense was going to be good. So I'm glad all that's there. Talk about having a new offensive coordinator and Kirby Moore, and but yet not having a new offense. I mean, you hire a new offensive coordinator, yeah, you do want a new offense. You know, you want, or you, at least you want a new spin on it. And I don't feel like I got that so much. 
again, I, I have a tendency to be too negative. And like you said, it's perfectly okay to criticize us for that. But uh, we'll just let the season play out. What's up, dum-dums? It's Jonah. I tweet at you guys a lot over the past few years. Had to call for this one. Just need to make sure I'm seeing all this right. Quarterback competition is just cook coin. Taking 21 pass attempts out of our 25. Old 25 were screen passes anyways. But, like, I feel like I learned nothing about the ability of either QB. Actually, no. What I did learn is that good old Brady Toughheart is cheating on his girlfriend with drink with his 12 and 9-year-old daughters. Which is just <laughs> Good really lord. Yeah, you may not like the reference, but drink. Let's open that can of worms. Yikes. What's up, fuck cards? Carolina's jackpot. It's Sunday morning. I'm actually not inebriated right now. Our team fucking sucks, so there's one SEC <laughs> win that we know you're going to get. Uh, now on to yours. Your performance Thursday night, I watched most of it. It, it was fine. It was just absolutely fine. It was fucking fine. Your coach, however, that damn press conference afterwards, what the fuck? Why is he shitting on your backup quarterback like that? Don't he know these motherfuckers can jump in the damn transfer portal at any and every time they want to? And they often do. Damn, do a little damage control, motherfucker, and be better. Also, the damn interview he did about uh, Brady Cook and how much he admires him and, and wants him to date one of his daughters and all that, it's just it's just weird. I don't. I don't really know about old Eli, man. I, I really don't. See you later. Please go talk. M I Z Z O menu. Yeah, there you have it. That's. You know what? Let's just um, see if Carolina Jackpot will call in for an hour, and we'll just play Xbox or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's always entertaining. Um, yeah, South Carolina took one on the chin. I knew he wouldn't be happy about that. Still don't know that we can beat them. I mean, we we owned them last year, so I shouldn't be pessimistic about that. It's one of the teams we did look really good against last season. I said this when I uh, did the Spurs Up th- podcast, Brennan. Like, I, I, South Carolina's, you know, going to have trouble with our defense. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's the, I mean, a lot of teams are going to have trouble with our defense especially teams like South Carolina. I hope you're right. All right, Colin, speaking of other team scores, why don't we look at the rest of the SEC and what happened? It's time to go around the horn. We we break our bread at Waffle House. Our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. Built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. Jesus loves football. All right, we have not done this in a while, but Colin, would you boot up the Paul Finebot? I will do that. Alabama, Alabama, Nick Saban. Thank you for joining us, Paul. Thank you, Mizzou Cast Podcast. Let's get started. All righty. Let's get started indeed. Colin, uh, things started off actually last weekend where Vanderbilt took on Hawaii and pulled off a win over the Rainbow Warriors. I think that's still their name. Uh, 35 to 28. So Vandy has got the SEC off to a good start early, one to nothing. Really don't have anything to add about this game. I always wonder what it'd be like. I mean, to get recruited to Hawaii. Like on the upside, you're going to college in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. The downside is, is going home for Christmas sucks. 
You're right about that. I wouldn't worry about that so much. I feel like the upside would be pretty up. Unless, I don't know, you live in Maui the last few weeks. I'll drink to that. <laughs> yeah, that would be bad. Yeah. And then Thursday, we weren't the only team to play, but Florida, at the same time as us, took on number 14 Utah. Billy Napier ball was underway, and I know Florida's excited about whatever they got going on over there, but I think that has been dampened early. Utah Utes whipped Florida good 24-11, to 11, got off to an early first-half start. Florida couldn't even get into the end zone until into the fourth quarter. It was ugly for the Gators. Well, and I'll tell you, I only watched part a very small part of this game, so I could be way off. But what, what I watched, I thought, wow, Florida's really bad. And I also thought, wow, that is a good quarterback when I looked at Utah's quarterback. I mean, maybe I just caught it at the right time in the game, but I was like, he was doing things that would have made me excited if I saw Brady come up to them. <laughs> yeah, that Utah's good. I mean, I feel like when a team like Utah is not in a Power 5 school is really strong, it's always hard to gauge, especially early in the season, what they're going to look like. But we don't know how bad Florida is or if Utah is really that good. But they certainly looked the part. And if you have a strong quarterback, if you have an impressive quarterback, like Wyoming did a few years back with Josh Allen, then you can really turn a team's fortunes around. So maybe that's what Utah's got right now. Not sure about that. All right. Moving on to football Saturday, Georgia took on UT Martin. We can blast through these pretty quick, Colin, because they are a lot of cupcake games. Obviously, Georgia, number one in the country, whipped UT Martin 48-7 to uh, in Athens. No surprises there. UT Martin pulls out a late touchdown just to get on the board in garbage time. Alabama takes on Middle Tennessee, Mizzou's next week opponent. Uh, Alabama's number six in the country right now. 56-7 to was their victory. <laughs> Tennessee took on University of Virginia. 49-13. to <laughs> You know, these, these are just purchased wins, essentially, at this point. We get into um, the game Carolina Jackpot was alluding to earlier. South Carolina took on number 21, North Carolina, in Charlotte. Game day was there. You know, South Carolina liked the way they ended last season, but they did not look so good against the Tar Heels. Came out the loser 17-31. to 31. No. You know, basically any time the SEC went up against an, anybody who was ranked or halfway decent, they didn't look that great this week. I don't agree. Yeah, I I, uh, I don't know what uh, North Carolina's football team looks like, but uh, they kind of had their way with South Carolina. It honestly gives me optimism for that game, and I was already optimistic about it. Well, uh, Ole Miss hosted Mercer. This one was a laugher, 73-7. to uh, <laughs> Texas A&M took on New Mexico, 52-10. to Laugher again. And then uh, Kentucky hosted Ball State. This one, 44-14. to <laughs> Just blowing through these because uh, they weren't interesting in any way. Arkansas, 56-13 to over Western Carolina. <laughs> Oh, Brendan, I got something. I saw a picture of Sam Pittman today. Yeah. With the, he took a picture with the governor of Arkansas, which is a woman, and his boobs were visibly bigger than hers. <laughs> I mean, I, I we should put the show the picture up on Twitter and, and Patreon or something because this guy has a hefty pair of titties. <laughs> I mean, he's got a decent fucking rack. Uh, yeah. Sam Pittman has got some, you know, like he's got some sweater puppies. Sure. Some fucking real milkers bringing some rigs, as they call them. <laughs> he's got rigs. Um, does it make you like yeah. Sam Pittman more 
He's got big, beefy titties. It yeah. doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt, does it? Well, uh, I can't wait to face those big, fat jugs later in the year. Uh, they whipped Western Carolina, though. Auburn also whipped UMass 59-14. <laughs> Mississippi State killed Southeast Louisiana 48-7. to <laughs> And then Vanderbilt took a, had their second game of the year last night, 47-13 to over Alabama A&M. <laughs> Not a lot of interesting football. The most interesting thing I think about this week was that Florida played a ranked opponent, lost. South Carolina played a ranked opponent, lost. And I guess that takes us to the Sunday night game, which we haven't even mentioned LSU, number five in the country, faced Florida State and lost badly, 45-24 to tonight. 21 fourth-quarter points yeah. for Florida State. LSU got pounded. And basically, any time the, L- the SEC went up against a ranked opponent, they had their ha- ass showed to them. It, I don't know what that means for the conference this year. I mean, probably nothing, know, but, but it's not a good start. Brian Kelly um, said before the game, we're going to beat the heck out of Florida State. Yeah. And uh, I feel like uh, he shouldn't should use such salty language Got those Florida State guys all revved up. Yeah, that's bulletin board material right there. <laughs> when you are going to beat the heck out of them. Sure, yeah. It was, it was ugly. Well, let's bounce ahead to next week. Um, it looks like Vanderbilt will be at Wake Forest to uh, Vanderbilt now 2-0, and Wake Forest from 1-0. Number one, Georgia will be hosting Ball State. That's another one that, you know, the line is Georgia by 42. Kentucky's facing Eastern Kentucky. And uh, no line on this one yet. Ole Miss will be at Tulane. Weird to have to go to uh, Tulane, but Ole Miss is favored by six. Uh, Tulane's ranked number 24 in the country. Texas A&M will be heading to Miami. A&M's a five-point favorite there. And uh, Colin just sent me a picture of Sam Pittman's huge tits, and he's not lying. <laughs> They're enormous, right? They're so oh my big man. old fucking juicy tits. Yeah, Sarah, big old some juicy hogs they got there. Sarah Huckabee Sanders could be so lucky uh, as they yeah. have those sorts of things. Yeah, I mean, do you think there's a bra in there? Because I don't see any visible mm-hmm. nippage. I, I don't. I, I don't know what's going on there. That, those are some beefy titties. <laughs> And the, and the shirt just doesn't help. It's not flattering. I mean, it's flattering if you like big, juicy tits, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's like he, maybe, he's, maybe he's transitioning, Brennan. Maybe we're being too judgmental. Probably. We'll leave it alone. Uh, see where it goes from here. Arkansas taking on Kent State, favored by 38. Tennessee taking on Austin P. God, these early season games, there's not even much to talk about. Alabama taking on... Number 11, Texas. Bama favored by a touchdown at home. Alabama. Alabama. Uh, that's a, that's, that is interesting, given that Texas is about to join the conference. It'll get Paul excited. Everybody happy. I fully expect Texas to fall on their face, as they so often do when expectations are high. Yes, sir. LSU can lick their wounds by playing grambling. I think that's a no yep. doubter there. Yep, yep. Florida can do the same by playing McNeese. And uh, letter schools, as Caleb the Greek would once call them. Mississippi State will be taking on 1-0 Arizona, favored by 9. South Carolina taking on Furman. And Auburn going out to Berkeley to face Cal. Uh, Auburn's a a 6.5-point favorite over the 1-0 Cal Bears. And then that takes us to the final game on the docket for the SEC, which is Missouri Tigers playing at home against Middle Tennessee. Middle Tennessee coming off their loss to Alabama Missouri is a 20-and-a-half-point favorite, over under 51, so Vegas likes them better than they did against South Dakota. 
Missouri did not cover against uh, South Dakota, and I think that should be mentioned too. Drinkwitz teams don't tend to cover. The uh, Tigers have not been a very safe bet in any respect these last few years. No, but I do think that Middle Tennessee, while they have had some years where they're scary, this is not one of them, and uh, we ought to take care of business at home leading up to the Kansas State game we need to, in a uh, couple weeks. Yeah, we need to get some uh, some picks for next weekend from Caleb the Twink, well-known degenerate gambler. That's right. Uh, for the fans out there who want to get rich, filthy, stinking rich. Yeah, I mean, I'd say he does more gambling than Caleb Greek, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Caleb is a... Uh, He's got a sickness. He's got, I mean, Caleb the Twink has a sickness. I mean, he's not right. He's, uh, he's going to end up very rich or very poor. I'm but, betting uh, on poor. <laughs> He'll take that bet. <laughs> that's right. All right. That's around the horn with the SEC. Just isn't a lot to talk about in these early cupcake games where they're basically buying victories leading into conference play. It's all, I mean, my eyes on Kansas State. I don't want to overlook Middle Tennessee, but where we're really going to know what this team is all about is when we go up against the Wildcats. And not just from like a talent standpoint, but of like, what are you made of? You know what I mean? This team kicked a hole in you last year. Like, do you got any stones? Do you have any pride? Are you going to? Are you just going to go in there and get rolled again? Or are you going to go fucking do something about it? Why don't we head on over to the news desk, Colin, to close out the show? It's time once again for Kansas news. Well, I was heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas: sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas news. First story of the day. Missing cat from Kansas found 10 years later in Fouquet-Varina. A cat went missing from Kansas 10 years ago and was found last month in Fouquet-Varina. I guess we're supposed to know where that is. Bob the cat had quite an adventure over the last couple of years. 10 years ago, he disappeared from his home in Wichita, Kansas and showed up on a porch in Fouquet-Varina. The man who lives there fed Bob and took him to Five Points Animal Hospital. She was actually stunned in the very beginning. And the irony of this is she named the cat after her dad, Bob. Veterinarian Kevin Wilson and hospital manager Scott Wilson were able to track down the owner thanks to Bob's microchip. He's really looking pretty good. He's a sweet, big, happy guy. So yeah, he's well socialized. Seems really, really healthy. He's been taking really good care of himself. So Um, what you're saying is is that they had this cat for 10 years and then they took it to the vet and the chip narked him out? I don't think, I think it just turned up after 10 years. We don't know, you know, it's like Christ's life. You hear a lot about it in the beginning. You hear a lot near the end, the middle part, not a lot written about. Yeah. Yeah. Not Um, so much. (laughs) Those college years didn't get into. Yeah. It didn't get, you know, I think he went to Wake Forest for a few years. (laughs) Yeah. Bounced around. Yeah, I mean, I, this, this the point of the story is the cat tried to get the fuck out of Kansas, you know, and then now he's forced. Yeah, to- that was my thought. I was like, this cat's probably like, no, I I'd never go back. <laughs> Next story. Man struck by lightning in northeast Kansas. The Potawatomi County Sheriff's Office said a man was struck by lightning last month in Wamego, Kansas. Deputies and a firefighter arrived at the scene and found Jennifer Campbell administering CPR to a man 
later identified as her husband, 37-year-old Matthew Campbell. She told emergency crews she was alongside her husband in the pasture when he was struck by lightning. She also said she was knocked to the ground by the lightning strike, but not hurt. Matthews remains in the ICU where he continues to recover. Interviewed after the incident, Matthews said, it's the greatest thing to happen to me ever. I wish I would have died. Please get me out of this state. <laughs> yeah. It's so always funny to me. Like, this guy's going to be in the ITU. He's going to have terrible medical bills. But he's going to have an awesome story to tell for the rest of his life. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's not awesome. Guy. I can't feel the ends of my fingers, but hey, it's quite a story. <laughs> Next story. Man pleads guilty to poaching moose. A 33-year-old Kansas man has pled guilty to illegally killing a bull moose and leaving it to rot in Colorado. Colorado Wildlife and Parks says Stephen Samuelson of Oakley, Kansas, pled guilty in Teller County to willful destruction of wildlife, a felony, as well as a misdemeanor charge of hunting without a proper, valid, big-game license, aggregated illegal possession of wildlife, and felony sexual predation of a dead carcass. Of course, the, the uh, authorities knew that the man was going to be having sex with the animal because he is from Kansas, and they don't did hunt I, did for... I just, did I get distracted? Did they mention the sex with the animal, or did we just just assume that at this point? No, it, it doesn't specifically mention it. <laughs> I'm just I'm just assuming it. I think the Kansas... Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I'm assuming the, the newspapers, assuming that everyone will assume it. Yeah. That's they, what I'm saying. Like, they just did, they didn't... Just because they didn't mention it doesn't mean it didn't happen. It's sort of like saying... They, the, the sky is blue. You don't have to say, like, it was a beautiful day and the sky was blue. Everybody knows what color the sky was. Right. And as soon as they mention he is from Kansas, everybody knows that they don't hunt for sport or meat. They hunt for sexual gratification with you know, <laughs> sex with a dead animal's carcass. Sure, sure. So when he that, got the moose, again, it was, goes without saying. Yeah. So uh, there were a lot of charges and, uh, you know, they just glossed past the park. We all know what happened, which is, you know. He molested a dead moose. Well, that's why Kansans go west to Colorado. They're uh, fire in their loins, kill a moose, make sweet love to it. It's the Kansas way. Anyway, Colin, that takes us to our final story of the day. All right, well, Kansas did play football this weekend against Springfield's Missouri State Bears. And uh, while Kansas trailed early in this game, 10-7, to they eventually were able to pull away over time and uh, overpower Missouri State, 48-17. to 17. Big win for Kansas. I uh, tuned in because I always hope, you know, I just kind of hope, you know, like maybe Missouri State's going to beat Kansas. That'd be fun. Shocked to see the huge crowd there. Like, Kansas really showed up for this game for some reason. Well, um, you know, it's the first game of the season. They know they're going to win it. I think everybody wants to be involved in college bat football. You know what I mean? Like, who doesn't want to be part of it? I've seen so and many I mean, Kansas games, though, where that place is just a fucking ghost I know. Town. I just – and I'm sure that when all said and done, they will stop going. You know, I have no doubt. But right now, there's, you know, optimism. So, congrats to Kansas. You're one win. Uh, hopefully, there will be more. But uh, I don't even think Caleb the Twink would bet on that. This has been – Kansas news. Colin, you think you got a douche of the week winner for us this week? Well, there's some discussion about who that should be. Uh Um, I know we had a couple people on Twitter tell us it should be Eli Drinkowitz for his unnecessary shade of his backup quarterback or his, you know, again, you know, talking about his starting quarterback day and his daughters. I think that's the douchiest of all of it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I saw uh, Deion Sanders kind of go full douche in his press conference. Yeah, I did too. Uh, he's yeah. like told the press, he's like, "You guys are you believe now? A, yeah, a black coach coaching a a team of seventy five percent black players." I'm like, Dion, that doesn't make you special. There are lots of black coaches, and almost every roster is seventy five percent black guys. Like that doesn't make you. Martin Luther King, you're a fucking football coach. You're not marching in Selma. Give me a fucking break. Well, I think Dion's I think Dion's podium had a lot more authority when he was coaching at an HBCU uh, down in Jackson State, and you know, obviously taking money that he could make more somewhere else on TV or whatever. But he jumped ship to a you know ostensibly a Power Five school to chase a paycheck in a place that doesn't have any sort of you know like. I don't know. It, it's more, it's one thing. It's prestige. Like, yeah. that's one thing about Deion Sanders. Like, you know, if a big time SEC program comes calling, he will ghost out or Colorado so hard. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, like just he like he's out ghosted. for Deion. And he's always, he, that's who he, this dude is. I mean, like, and I think he's a good football coach. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, like, don't ex- expect loyalty from Deion Sanders and expect to be disappointed. Yeah. Well, he's, ask he, the 49ers or the Cowboys or the Falcons. Well, that's the thing. I think he had, like, if he wants to play the role like a civil rights leader, it's one thing if you're going down in Jackson State and building a bunch of enthusiasm for a place that hasn't had any before and building a lot of reputation for an HBCU or for HBCUs in general. But then when you completely abandon them for Colorado, I feel like you lose <laughs> a little bit of that high ground. So uh, he, I, he's pretty douchey. Uh, well, I I, it, it's just the, 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 the idea that somehow he's, you know, some a civil rights leader by being a football coach with black players. I'm like, Dion, there are lots of black coaches with black players. Hmm. They're just not asshole enough to get in a fucking podium and act like it makes them the head of the underground railroad. What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? You moron. I think that's pretty douchey. Yeah. I'm willing to Dion douche of the week. He deserves a little douche too. His press conference was pretty douchey. He's calling out the reporters too, kind of in a drink with style way. So you believe now? You believe now? He goes, believe what? He goes, so you don't believe? You just answered. I'm like, all right, get over yourself. It's who Dion is. You love him or hate him. Douche of the week though. Douche of the week. All right. Now the important award this week though, Colin. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's hair, player of the game. Who do you got? Who do you got in this one? Luther Burden. Yeah, you didn't have to think about it too much. Yeah, well, he had almost 100 yards um, receiving without, well, only really, I remember catching one ball of more than, you know, 15 yards. Yeah. Um, he got me the over. That's um, right. You know, which is probably the most important thing. Yeah. Uh, so I can crow in my bookie's face about how my, my bookie also happens to be a very good friend of mine. It used to be. Who, um, I, who I enjoy taking his money. We sure. all enjoy taking his money. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it, uh, that much sweeter when you do and knowing that it's coming out of a friend's pocket. Um, <laughs> yeah, no Luther burden was, uh, everything we wanted him to be. I mean, I think you could make a case for, for Brady cook. He was 17 for 21, but you know, in the first quarter they were going Brady cooks 11 for 11. I'm like, yeah, he has thrown passes for, you know, every single pass has been a la- a screen pass. Five yards from him, it's not that hard to connect, you know? But he did look good. Honestly, Luther Burden was in there more of the game than Cook. And not only did he have good receiving numbers, but he also took a licking from South Dakota possible Bearcats, defenders. And on special teams, he got beat up and he played through it. Tough, tough, tough kid. 
uh, definitely deserves the award, I think, as well. So, Luther Burden, you are the Golden Locks this week. Anyway, we've done our business, Collins. On to uh, week two, Middle Tennessee. We haven't really talked about that. I don't think there's a ton to talk about. Missouri's favored by over 20 points. We've got to take care of business. I do hope in this game, the one thing I'm going to be looking for is I hope they do give Sam Horn a little bit more minutes. Even if Brady Cook ends up being the starting quarterback, it would be nice for your backup quarterback to have some game minutes and cut his teeth a little bit. And I have always faulted Eli Drinkwitz for not doing that. Seems like a perfect opportunity to keep that going. Why wouldn't you? Do you think we'll see any more Sam Horn? Or do you think he's just done? I think we'll see more Sam Horn. I do think we'll see. I, but I think it's going to be even less. And I, I feel like this decision has been made, um, basically. Cook is who he wants to start. And he, but he wants to give Horn an op- to blow his socks off. But Horn's going to have to do it with five throws. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. not, this is not an apples to apples competition. Drinkwitz wants to go with Cook. I don't, I, I think even Drinkwitz would say that out loud. Like, right now, he's a, you know, he's a more polished quarterback. He's an older guy. I love him. I want him to win the job. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I've got to give this kid an opportunity. So it gives him five passes. Yeah. And he, what he needs is for Horn to take those five opportunities and have great <laughs> success on all of them. Yeah, so that's how he's going to get an opportunity to play. And yeah. Warren obviously didn't do that in this game. No, he'll come out and be like, yeah, Brady Cook's a great guy. I want him to massage my wife's perineum. And uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sam Horn is also on this team. Yeah, that's right. Eli's getting weirder. I think the hotter the seat gets, the weirder he's going to get. That's my prediction for the season. Well, like I said, for somebody right, that doesn't gonna... care, he, he certainly got defensive in a hurry this no, that's I don't believe confidence. the I don't care. I think the uh, that's a I doth protest too much kind of thing going on. I think Eli Drinkwitz sure. listens to everything about him. I think he reads everything about him. I think he takes everything personally. I think he's very thin-skinned. I think that's who he really is. I mean, it's not a big secret that nobody likes really working for him. He's kind of a jerk to his staff. But those are all things that get overlooked if you win. So... He's not winning, so it's been a little bit tougher to swallow. But anyway, 1-0 right now, facing Middle Tennessee, heading into that Kansas State game in a couple weeks. We'll be there, as always. Till then, folks, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. He's got big, beefy titties.